This is weird. We're wearing like almost the same jacket, except that yours is real and mine is ersatz. <laughs> We're both wearing matching army jackets. Yeah, this is a, a real Vietnam jacket. I know it's history. I got mine at Nordstrom's. <laughs> oh, well, at least that's a, that's a good store. You probably it's, paid I more love than this I jacket. Did. I got mine at the um, Old Lady Rosedale cast-off sale. Oh, okay. Great I bet stuff. you could get some good stuff there. Yeah, they don't yeah. seem to do it anymore, though. They did it for charity, and now they don't seem to do it. And used to get to wander through mansions and pick through clothes. Mm. But I couldn't know. I got a Max Mara swing coat. Anyway, that doesn't matter. You got the first story. <laughs> I do. We are, uh, as usual, back in my backyard, and there's like a nice warm break in the weather because it's getting on to mid-November and we are still enjoying being outside. Nora, do you know what I'm doing? What? I'm drinking you in. <laughs> I am, because I probably won't see you again this year. Well, we could walk and talk, put on snowshoes and do the podcast that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a freak for sound, are you kidding? <laughs> no, we have to go to another area. Like, I hear, uh, I hear birds. <laughs> It's going to be really weird. Yes, it is very weird. Anyway, I have the first story, which I actually, as a favor to you, because we may not be seeing each other in person for a while after this, I thought you would like this story because it's a robot story. Can't I be in your bubble? (laughs) I don't have a bubble. No? Uh, No, people say I have a bubble, but then they go seeing all these different people and they say they're in a bubble. The bubble is like you only see the same 10 people. People have these bubbles, but then their bubbles have other bubbles. That's not a bubble. Anyway. Okay, uh, this is cool. I thought you might like this. Uh, It's a story about uh, these firefighting robots that they're now rolling out for use uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, They're called the Thermite RS1 and the Thermite RS2, RS3. One is a little bit smaller. That one can go upstairs. And the Thermite 3 is bigger, but the advantage of the bigger ones you can attach this bulldozer attachment to it and it can like move shit out of the way like if there's a car obstructing getting to the burning building or whatever you can just use your thermite rs2 and it just pushes the thing out of the way you like the name oh nora what's that in your garage (gasps) it's the thermite (laughs) rs2 i brought mine i parked it out front (laughs) now they're not totally autonomous they're kind of remote controlled like a little you know toy yeah but big and serious and the idea obviously is to use them for help in fighting fires and i thought a couple of things about this like the first thing was it's a really good example of what we were talking about the other day about the increasing use of robots in the pandemic to handle like things that are dangerous situations that you want to have a machine do something you know remotely or at a distance hospitals but then i also thought uh, looking at this robot this is designed for use in fighting fires but i immediately (laughs) thought also to you about robocop right like you can imagine this type of application being used in the context of demonstrations. Did you see that footage of the police in, I think it was in North Carolina, pepper spraying protesters? You could imagine that kind of thing happening with robotic technology as well. I think that in terms of developing the AI that's going to run these machines down the road, 
you know, I'm not sure what you said. They're all remotely controlled now, right? So yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like what you would do with, you know, those remote control, like a drone or something like yeah. that, right? It, similar kind of idea. But you can imagine a situation down the road where they'd be more autonomous. Well, think Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's arch nemesis? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I when I saw this, I thought this is an amazing tool for humanity to use for things like fighting fire out west or, mm-hmm. you know, like horrible apartments. Like there was a, a great shot. Well, they actually, I didn't see the thing unleashed. It had it sort of tied up behind this huge burning building. Yeah. And it was sort of like waiting there in advance. But there needs, to, at least to my mind, with the world the way it's going right now, there needs to be some sort of a governing body that determines how these technologies are developed and used. And it has to be, it probably will have to be global because um, otherwise you're going to have companies like Google or Facebook that are just buying up all the tech. And then what happens if you end up with somebody like Dick on RoboCop who has control, you know, kill, kill, kill. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard you talking about um, on Spark a couple of weeks ago. There was some fellow on, and he was talking about um, Asimov's Three Rules of Robotics. Yes. Yeah. And then he said, now there's five, I think. He came up with his own. This is Frank Pasquale. came up yeah. with his own three new rules of robotics. We need rules for AI because we've let, in my opinion anyway, we've let social media companies get away with gathering all of our data and controlling unbelievable amounts of information and controlling our minds to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, you're saying that if that's what's happened with our data via social media, what happens when we have like robots in the real physical environment? Yeah. Yeah, And who's controlling them? Yeah. Well, there already is a movement of technology policy people called, I think it's called Stop Killer Robots, which has, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like sci-fi, but it has a serious intent of talking about not using robots and drones and stuff in in wartime situations, partly because the thinking being that if one side has autonomous robots and the other side doesn't, then there's no pressure for people to find a solution if one side can just keep putting in these, you know, automated machines. But also the thinking that maybe if people are operating drones or whatever at a distance and they're not actively engaged in combat, combat, of course it's safer for them, but also does it change your moral calculation of the people that you're going after like blips on a screen as opposed to actual humans that you see in the real world. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think we do need rules. Well, when I saw the uh, shovel on the front of that thing, it's like they can push cars. Can't you just see four of them in a demonstration just pushing the people all in together and then just squishing them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we saw that at the G7. You can imagine them kettling or whatever, yeah. Kettling, that's yeah. it. I have a kettle lake. But I did actually just think that you would think it was really cool that this thing could shoot water at fires oh, yeah, remotely. it was great. Yeah, they well, look like little bulldozers. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It would just be like, I would love to have my very own backhoe. And it would just looks like, have your very own backhoe. that can also shoot water all the way over the town. And <laughs> if there was a fire. You don't like your neighbor. It would be great, though. The applications could be so wonderful, but human beings aren't. That's so. true. I have kind of a, a nice story. Yes, this is neat. Hot off the internet. 
I got it um, courtesy of Dezine. They've decided in Shanghai, because it, it's very important to them, if you go, actually I would encourage anybody who's listening to go and take a look at the video. They want to hang on to some of their cultural identity. They don't just want to knock it all down like we do. Mm-hmm. So, but they also want a commercial plaza. So there is the school. This was built in 1935. They wanted to take it, though, and move it to another part of town. Yeah. The problem was how to do that. They were building something new, no, no, so they, they had to move a, it. building like yeah. a new commercial center, and this just wouldn't fit with the architecture of the rest of the center and what they had planned for it. So normally when they move buildings, they use flatbeds, and they'll shift bits of it and parts. But because of the age of the building and the structural integrity of the building, what they had to do is they had to get these robots. They walk the building foot by foot, there's this team of robots. It's almost like, imagine like a centipede uh-huh. underneath a building, crawling through <laughs> downtown <laughs> Shanghai. No, it's worth looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, yeah. Ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. But they're going to completely um, fix up and renovate the building to reflect the cultural heritage of the area. And I just thought that was fantastic. It seemed also from the video, it wasn't just carrying it on the back of this centipede type thing, that the robots, like individual robots, would then move to the front yeah. and move to the front. Kind of like in that, that ancient technology where you would put a log, like if you had to move a really heavy stone, <gasps> like right. you'd put the, the log and roll it and then take the one from behind and put it in front and roll and roll and roll. Yes. Yeah. It was very cool. Uh, this You may not know the answer this but and I felt sort of stupid wondering it but does that mean the thing the building doesn't have a basement like how do you just move what what's on the bottom or you just they probably excavate it to the basement and then, and then just take the top up. off yeah and haul it and and, right. and I don't know <laughs> how does that work as we used polymer, to say polymer, polymer. <laughs> yeah you're right though they do call it um the walking method Mm-hmm. for dealing with old architecture. Your point about preserving things instead of knocking them down is really well taken. And the other thing that I thought in a related matter was we talked uh, on Spark a little while back. We were doing this episode on ventilation, and this architect that uh, I spoke to was talking about how we actually have a huge amount of existing buildings that actually just really need to be sort of retrofitted so they have this, these better, more contemporary uh, ways of doing... It's called containment ventilation. Yeah. And her point was, like, we have enough buildings. We don't have to keep building these towers in the sky. Yeah. We just need to fix the ones that we have. And I thought that was kind of interesting because our solution very much is just, oh, just knock it down and put something well, else it's so up. North American. Yeah. And this building, I mean, I don't know what the story of it was, but it's not like an ancient structure. It's from 1935, as you yeah, said. Yeah. But, like, if you can move it and keep using it, then why not? Exactly. It's cool. Recycle, reuse. <laughs> Take a look at the video. I'll put a, yeah, a link yeah, at the do. website. So that's it. Bye. Bye.